0: There is coming a day when there will be no more sermons. Was not expecting that one. But the sermons will cease. Don't say anything, my brother. You will not have to sit in a pew and listen to any more preachers. There's coming a day when there will be no more Sunday night prayer meetings because they won't be needed. You won't have to pray for lost loved ones. You won't have to pray for yourself nor anyone else for healing or for anything. There's coming a day when all missions work will come to an end. And all that Stephen Evans and uh, his team is doing, the Light of Life International team, will no longer have to uh, hand out bears or food or do any of the other missions work that they do or continue to ask people to come to Jesus. That's coming to an end. There's coming a day when anything that's done in and around this altar will no longer be necessary. And that day is when we enter into eternity. We won't have to pray. We won't even have to read our Bibles anymore because we will have the living word right in front of us for all of eternity. But there is something that we do today and that we have done today, right now, that will continue on throughout all of eternity. It's something that you've done that we will continue to do forever and ever without end. And every one of us, will be included in that, and that is praise and worship unto the Lamb of God. I just want to remind you this morning, praising God will never, ever, ever, ever stop. And I just have to say this, if you are uncomfortable with it now, dear one, you're in a lot of trouble. When you go to meet Jesus... Because if you have plans to go to heaven, then you have got to get used to praising him now because you're going to be praising the Lamb of God forever. Hallelujah. And there will never be a day <clears throat> that praise and worship will cease. How many are glad about it? <clears throat> a friend of mine in another city was telling me that he, uh, he and his wife had taken their children to the zoo and they wanted their children particularly to see the Arctic exhibit It was a $7 million project at which they have these tunnels that you walk through where you see polar bears swimming above you with these massive paws, and it was a remake of the Habitat of the Bears with a glass-bottom exhibit. Some of you maybe have been to a similar kind of thing, because you're not watching from a fence, or you're really not observing uh, what these animals are doing from a distance, but rather you have the the sensation of being right in the midst of the whole thing. My friend was telling me that the bears would be playing with these giant green balls, the kind you would see in a gym or a place of physical therapy. Here are these massive, impressive beasts that are floating around, and the whole experience was overwhelming to my friend and his wife. And Then they noticed that the kids were only paying attention to the giant green balls, And they're asking, can we get some of those? Can we buy them in the gift store or someplace and take them home with us? And it was as if the children were paying no attention to the main attraction whatsoever, which was the bears, but they were taken away with the color and the excitement that was happening with these giant green balls. And the dad was saying, don't you you see what's right above you? Do you have any idea? That's a polar bear. And don't you see those seals swimming around? Yes, but where can we buy the giant green balls? With a zoo logo on it that we can take home and play with us. And the dad says, you're missing the whole point. This is a $7 million exhibit. And you're worried about where can we buy the four green balls? Well, what concerns me, church, is I think we're capable of having the same problem. I think it's entirely possible in 2015... For us to miss the whole point when we gather together in the house of the Lord. You know, there are churches today where there's a lot of smoke machines and lights. And, you know, I guess those things are fine. When it's time for worship. <clears throat> the lights come down. The band comes out like you're at the American Airlines uh, uh, Arena in Dallas for a concert. And I know that there's, there are younger methodologies. I understand that in other ways of doing things. I get all that. <coughs> excuse me. But I have to confess And when I take a glimpse, uh, when I get the opportunity or or see and get a glimpse of what's happening in the church today, and what my my dear friend Carol Symbola from the Brooklyn Tabernacle calls overproduced church. You know, she goes, Dan, today church is produced in her New York accent. You know, produced is the way she said it. You know, but when I see how produced church is today and all the stuff that seems to be involved, there's part of me that wants to scream out, it's just four green balls. That's all it is. The main attraction is not the smoke. The main attraction is not the lights. It's not even the singers as wonderful as they are. The main attraction is Jesus Himself, and there can be no other. When we gather together, church, we've come to experience Him. We've gathered to worship Him, to exalt Him, and let us never forget why we were created. We were created to to honor Him and to bless Him. And With God Himself, we must never forget what God is calling us to do. I want you to go with me for a moment to the last chapter of the longest book of the Bible. I want you to see how David sums up 149 psalms with this final psalm. You know it's Psalm 150, and he gives us these amazing words that are so familiar to us, Today, as we talk for just a few minutes about praise. Because praise is never going to go out of style, praise will always be in vogue. I understand it's a basic understanding of Christian living. And there are times I wrestle as I sense the Lord impressing upon my heart what I'm to share with you as a congregation. But, Lord, that's so basic. But can I just remind you what the Lord reminds me? That even the basic things in the Word of God are things we still need to look at. And there's none of us in the room that is above looking at the basics and seeing that there's even something more the Lord may have for us in that. So let's gonna, we're going to go to uh, Psalm 150. We're going to read the whole chapter, but relax because it's just six verses. And if you'll put it on the screen, I want us to read it together. <clears throat> let's come on it. let's read it together. And when we read, we read with some umph, right? Let's read it. Praise. Praise God. Praise him in his Praise him for his mighty Praise his Next one. Praise him. Has anyone figured out what the theme of this psalm is yet? Oh, we're so smart here. Let's go ahead. Praise Him with the tambourine and the dancing thing I saw up here this morning. A little bit of that. Next one. Praise Him. And then one more time, just in case you missed it, He says... One more time. One Lord. more time. Hallelujah. This is a phenomenal song and it is packed with where, why, how and who of praise. And I want to cover a little bit of that and then a lot more stuff after that if you'll hang with me. Where to praise him? Look at verse 1. He says, praise him in the sanctuary. Well, that's here and now. We're in the sanctuary today, and hopefully we've done that this morning. But he also says, praise him in his mighty heaven. Other versions say, under the open skies, which basically means you can praise him and should praise him everywhere. There's no place that you can go where you can hide from him. There's no place that you can go that it is not appropriate for you to praise. That means when you're on the job, surrounded by all kinds of, who knows what kind of people, it's still okay for you to say, Lord Jesus, you're worthy of praise. Whether you have to be quiet with it or whether you can shout it out, there is no place that his praise is not appropriate. Can I get an amen to that? So then why should we give praise to him? Look at verse 2. It says, praise him for his mighty works. Praise him, his unequaled greatness. What he was saying was this. You praise him not only for what he has done his mighty works, but we praise him for who he is, his unequal greatness. And let me tell you, church, why that's important. Because when you run out of praising him for what he's done for you this week, and I'm kind of trying to figure out why you or how you could do that, but when you run out of that about what he has done for you, then go ahead and kick into the next gear, which is praising him for who he is, for his unequal greatness. That's what you can do in case you're wondering what to do about that. How should we praise him? Well, that's verses 3 through 5. Praise him with the ram's horn. And some versions say or with the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre, the tambourine dancing... How do you praise Him? Praise Him with strings. We did that with the guitars this morning. Flutes, cymbals, and loud cymbals, which means this. Every time, church, this band steps up to play and play as they did this morning, that means we get some help in how to praise the Lord. Even if you can't play anything, even if you can't play those instruments, and certainly, probably none of us can, like they can do that, even if you can still praise with them. While Steve is hitting those cymbals and hanging, banging on those cymbals, he's not just playing drums, he's Praising the Lord with every time he hits the cymbal, with cymbals and with loud clanging cymbals. When Noel and Caleb and Brian are playing the guitars, they're stringed instruments, and Arthur is playing the keys. Listen, they are incredibly talented musicians, but I, here's what I know about those guys they understand they're not here just because they're talented. There's talented people everywhere. That's not why they're here. They're here because their job is to assist us, Bethesda, in giving our praise to the name of the Lord Jesus. That's why they're here. And they're not confused about that. And so who should praise him? This is my favorite part. Verse 6. The Bible says, let everything that, let everything that breathes sing praise to the Lord. Or let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Which basically means this. If you're breathing today, you're included. If you're dead and you're here today, you get a free pass, okay? (laughs) So there's the where, the why, the how, and the who. But I want to look a little deeper into this idea of praise. You going to go with me this morning? What is praise? What is it? It's not a difficult concept to understand. We praise our children when they do good. We praise employees for a job well done. We praise our pets when they do something, that we a trick or whatever. But above and beyond all, we have been created to praise the Lord. Now, my explanations tend to be very simple, but let me tell you what I think praise is. If I would just try to put it in a way that we could all understand. I think praise is vocalizing compliments to God. Vocalizing compliments to God. I have a dear friend in this church who says it this way. It's just bragging on the Lord. His name, well, I won't give you his name, but his initials are Jack Tebow. So that's what praise is to Jack. It's just bragging on the Lord. I believe it's vocalizing compliments to God. It's looking to God and complimenting him for who he is and for what he has done. It's being so preoccupied with him that because we know what he has done and who he is, we just simply can't keep from talking about it. We can't stop ourselves from talking about it. Now, let me ask you something. When, when you're in a restaurant, have you noticed these days people who just are sitting with someone else that appears to be their, their spouse or someone that, you know, two people, and they just sit there and say nothing. Have you seen that? You know, and it's uncomfortable for me when I sit and watch couples who appear to be married or at least together and they've got absolutely nothing to say to each other. Now we know what happens. Everybody gets on their cell phone. They all go in their own world. and you know, Even the waiter has to interrupt them you know, to, to take their order. And I understand all that happens. They can butter the bread. They can talk to the waiter. But for whatever reason, they can't seem to talk to each other. And, and this will come as a surprise to you. But I'm the kind of guy who wants to walk over there and help them start a conversation. But this kind of situation tells me something. When you can't talk, there must be something wrong with the relationship. And I find myself wanting to say, isn't there anything you can talk about? Anything? Let me tell you this. When the relationship is good, it gets verbal. Hello. And the same is true with our relationship to God. When you walk with Jesus... You should be able to talk to Jesus. But there's a problem that I want to present to you this morning that I've noticed that has crept into the church over the years. And it's this. Fasten your seatbelts, folks. This is going to be interesting. Be careful about relying only on cheat sheets. What are you talking about, Pastor Dan? What's a cheat sheet? There's one, and there's one. Right there. There's cool words that get put up on the screen. But if that is the extent of your vocabulary to Jesus, when the music stops, do you stop? When the song stops, do you stop talking to him? When these screens become the crutch, and I'm thankful for them, I never remember all the words. But when they become the crutch to worship him, then your relationship may be in trouble, dear friend. Because as great as those lyrics are, they cannot be our only vocabulary when we talk to the Lord. Is anybody with me this morning? It feels awfully lonely up here today. I cannot get up in the morning with a card to read to Becky. Here's my cheat sheet. Um, Good morning, dear. You look very nice today. Fill in the blank name here. Thank you for breakfast. I'm leaving for the church now. I hope to see you soon. God bless you and yours today. How do you think that'd go over at my house? If I don't have anything coming from the heart, from me, that lady right there, we're in trouble. Thank God for the worship we have here at Bethesda, but I'm going to tell you this. You better have something else bubbling up inside of you in case those screens ever go blank. Let me tell you something. They're electronic. Somebody might pull the plug on them some days. Electronic things break, and we may not have them. Does that mean the praise stops in this house? You need a little bit more. You need something else inside of you. Something else that bubbles up when you think about the Lord. I'll pick that up later, all right? Something else that bubbles up as you think about the Lord, who he is and what he has done for you. And if you don't get a praise vocabulary, if you don't have one, then you need to get one so that you can freely express to him your gratitude for what he has done and how great he is. Hallelujah. I was raised in a home that placed great value on being able to articulate your thoughts and your feelings, it was encouraged. Place was made for it in our home, which may explain why I talk so much today. <clears throat> when our kids were younger, and certainly when they enter that lovely stage of adolescence and middle school, when they start giving one-word answers. Anybody ever lived through that? How was school today? I don't know. Did you learn anything? No. <laughs> Did you talk to anybody? No. Am I the only one or does anybody else raise kids like that too? All right. Well, let me just tell you, that didn't fly real well at our house. Because, you know, when you want to start shutting down and you don't have anything else to say, because I want to know what's behind that, what's there? Come on, surely you've got something more that you can give than just that. Don't just give me this default, basic thing. There's got to be some reasoning behind Why do you feel that way? And then why did that? Then how did you respond? What happened? Why is it that that happened? Do you know? And I dig and dig and dig and dig and dig. And when my kids would start to kind of you know, wrestle against me on that, I had three words that I said to them that my, both my kids would know today, and that was this. Use your words. God gave you a vocabulary. God gave you an English language or Spanish or whatever it is that you speak, Swahili, whatever it is that you speak in here today. Use your words. And over and over and over, just about the time. For one thing, I wanted them to be able to know, why do you feel that way? It's, it's safe for you to talk about it. What happened when, this, when they said this to you and you respond, what happened? Talk to me about that. Then on and on and on. And then it would be another why after that. Well, how come? Well, why? And then, and why, and why? To get them to begin to use their word. Because I didn't want them to get by with just giving me a one-word answer and shutting down. That was not okay at our house. How many you are glad that I'm not your dad? <clears throat> and so... Now, I was telling my daughter this last night, and she said, and you've, you've, lived, you've lived to regret that because now we have an answer for everything, right? <clears throat> but it's so important, and I think it's the same thing to us in the church. I hear people say, well, you know, I, I just haven't been in this kind of church before, and you guys are so, you know, you're so loud and verbal, and you raise your hands, and you, you, know, you do all this stuff. I don't know what to say. I wasn't raised in that. And I want to say to you, Use your words. Think about the Lord. And let me help you. And if this is so basic. Maybe you can say, Lord, thank you. You got me up this morning. What's so often been the theme of so many black gospel songs? He got me up this morning. He started me on my way. Half the black gospel songs I've ever heard had that theme in it somewhere. He got me up this morning. Guess what? The air that I'm breathing today is because you gave it. The strength that's in my body today is because you gave it. Lord, I thank you that I have a family. I thank you you provided a job for me today. I thank you the sun got up. Find something and use your words and begin to say something and express your praise to him for what he has done for you. And it will become very, very natural that you say, and Lord, I understand this. I only have strength because you give it. That must tell me what an incredible God you are. And I'm so thankful that I can lift my voice but the congregation say God is great and he's greatly to be praised come on somebody bless him in this house today use your words <laughs> I didn't hear you heavy duty copier, heavy duty copier. Oh, oh you want me to copy that list out well you can listen to the tape Jeff and get it that way you, you don't need my list you've got your own list my brother I'll give you a list. Here, don't miss this, church. You can sing in this place and never have praised him. I'm just saying. You might have shown up today and opened your mouth and sang along, but that doesn't mean you praised him. Because it doesn't mean it connected from your heart, from your head to your heart. To simply sing, all you need is a good song. But to praise him, you need a good God. And can I remind you of something today? Church, we serve a great God. We serve a great God. That's why praise ought not to be difficult for us because of simply of who he is. Now, some things I want us to understand about praise, just in case there's any confusion. We praise God not because he needs it. Your praise doesn't make God who he is. He's not up in heaven just hoping you say good things about him because he has an ego problem in heaven. I literally have people ask me, why does he need that? He doesn't. God doesn't have fits of depression therewith needing you to encourage him occasionally. That's not not the situation. He's not up there craving your attention. To be clear about it, God does not need your praise. We need to praise him. Listen carefully, if God was moved by my praise or by my lack of praise, then I would be determining what God's day is like. But God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Church, He's always faithful whether you tell Him or not. He's always loving whether you describe it or not. He's always worthy whether you want to acknowledge it or not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So why then am I praising him? I'm praising him to remind myself of the incredible God that I serve. I'm saying it to remind myself that he has saved me, that, I, that the God I serve, he has changed my life, and he has taken me from darkness into glorious light. So if God does not change, then why should we allow our praise ever to diminish Or become less than what it should be, because he's always the same. That's why our praise should never be changing or should be ever unchanging. Now let me say something else that's going to get me a little bit of hot water. My inbox will be full after the service today. There is no such thing as praising God your way. Hmm, they love that, Dan, really great. No such thing as praising God your way. We need to understand clearly that the Bible is our instruction manual on how to praise Him and not your personality, which means this. If you listen to what we said praise is, praise has to be declared. Praise is not praise until it's vocal. And sometimes one of our worship leaders will admonish us and say, let's praise the Lord, and we'll... Now, there's a place for clapping. The Bible tells us that. There's a place for that kind of corporate expression. There's a place for shouting. The Bible talks about a place for dancing. There's a place for being quiet. But we're dealing with the word praise today. You can certainly worship and be quiet. Some of you are quiet and you may be worshiping, and that's fine. You may be quiet and you're meditating, and that's also fine. You can be quiet here this morning and sleeping, and that's not fine. But if we're dealing with praise, it is vocalized compliments to God. God, you're worthy. Thank you for what you have done. I praise you for who you are. Thank you for bringing health to my body. Thank you for stepping in the middle of my family situation and bringing peace. Thank you for saving me. That's what praise is. How many have ever gone through the process, whether a child or a grandchild, a potty training? Let me see your hand. And the rest of you, what did, how did you handle that? <laughs> if you've been in this process, you know sometimes it's easier than others. Well, I know of a family who struggled with their youngest child and getting them potty trained until they figured out what the child responded to. They discovered that though this particular child was being challenging, they, this child still responded to receiving happy face stickers and praise when they achieved success. And when the child would do as the parents were hoping, then the parents would clap their hands and begin to say, You are awesome! We're so proud of you! You're getting a sticker! That's great! The child would come out thinking, Hey, yeah. That's me they're talking about. And then the other kids, <laughs> his family told me, the other kids picked up. <coughs> on how this praise thing was working to the point that just after the dad came out of the bathroom after shaving, they said, Dad, you're awesome. (laughs) That's incredible. You're the best dad. (laughs) And the dad said, you know, I was so encouraged. I wanted to walk back in the bathroom and do it all over again. (laughs) You know what? Praise does something to you. When you begin to even praise each other, something begins to happen. And it causes me to wonder if, if God ever says, you know, they're praising me. I want to be where that is. Not because he needs it, but because he says, they're talking about me, and they get it. And we know what the Bible says in Psalm 22. God inhabits the the praises of his people, which means he sits down, he gets comfortable. When you read through the Psalms, you begin to notice that in the Psalms, it speaks uh, often of the word gate when it comes to praise. In Psalm 100, the Bible tells us that we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. It's an entry place. It seems to be that, that place of starting where God shows up saying, That's where I want to be. I want to be where people are opening up their mouth and vocalizing their thoughts and their feelings and they're, they're using their words to talk to me. And it's not just a Sunday thing, we know that it, it's an everyday thing. And though all these things we have here at church are here to help us and they're terrific and we enjoy them, church, I just have to say it again, if, if, if that's what we have to have to praise him, then we're in trouble. If you say, well, but it's Monday, Pastor Dan, and I'm in the car, and, or it's Monday and I'm at work and my circumstances are different. Let me tell you something, church, you don't have to have atmosphere. You don't even have to have music. You don't have to have singers and musicians. And you don't have to have smoke and lights. Because the one we're praising isn't the four green balls. The one we're praising is the only one worthy of praise, and his name is Jesus. And he wants to hear you open up your mouth and vocalize your praise to him. Many of you have heard this old saying, that there's really only two times that you're supposed to praise the Lord. And that's this, when you feel like it and when you don't. You can write that one down. That's a profound one there. Two times that you praise the Lord, when you feel like it and when you don't, which is another way of saying that you praise him when praise comes easily for you and when it doesn't come easily, which basically means that you praise him all the time. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth, which means, therefore, that praise is part of our life, our everyday life. In other words, God is worthy of our praise in the good times and the bad. And when we're praising him, the bad times, many people call that a sacrifice of praise. And let me just say this today. I'm so aware that there's folks sitting under the sound of my voice right now who are facing very difficult things, and the last thing they wanted to hear was a sermon on praise. You know what, dear friend, I would say this to you. Those of us who have walked with Jesus for any length of time at all, Know what it is to bring a sacrifice of praise. That's when we have to muster up everything inside of us, despite how we feel. A sacrifice of praise is the praise we give God from obedience, regardless how we feel. And I, you know, let's understand something. With all the fine musicians we have and singers, they're not the ones who cause us to praise. They're part of the team that helps us to praise, but they're not the ones who get us to praise. And I want to say this to you. You can praise the Lord even before you get to the sanctuary here on Sunday morning. Did you know that? You can thank him before you ever even walk into the building. And I think the church is losing that. I remember as a child being around people in the church. and You could be anywhere in a restaurant, and you would just hear them say, Oh, bless the name of Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Oh, I love you, Jesus. You know, and I, I, I hadn't heard that in a while. And I was picking, you know, my friends Randy and Ruth Hurst were here on Palm Sunday, and I picked them up from the hotel as I, uh, we hosted them for, the, for uh, the weekend that they were here. And both Saturday night and even Sunday morning, Ruth gets in the car, precious, precious lady, sits in the car, good morning, Dan, good morning. And just immediately, oh, Jesus, I love you today. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you're allowing me to go to the house of the Lord and worship you with other believers today. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I heard that and it took me back to a day and time when I heard lots of saints of God knew what it was. They weren't uncomfortable in their day and time and in their real world just lifting up their voice and vocalizing their praise to Jesus. And I encourage you if that's something that's long since gone from you, find a way. Ask the Lord to remind you tomorrow morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, Lord let me vocalize my praise to you and be reminded I can praise you any time of the day or night. The fabulous part for us church is this. Since God is everywhere and omnipresent. You can be already praising Him before you come in this room. And the dynamic is this that here comes Fred and Susie, and they've been blessing the Lord on the way here. And then here comes Joe and Betty, and they've been praising the Lord. Here comes Jeremy and Ashley, and this one and and that one. And even on the way to church, as you're approaching the house of the Lord, this is God's day, and we're going to give it to Him, and we're going to exalt you with everything that's within us. And when we come together, then church, we're not starting at zero, worship leaders. Because we're dealing with people who've already been praising the Lord. And we come together and their praise and their praise and your praise and your praise suddenly comes together as we open our mouths and worship him together. And the Lord says, that's where I want to be. How many want to be a part of a church that knows how to praise the Lord? (laughs) Dan, what if I don't feel like it? What if it really is a bad time? Well, what did David say in Psalm 42? Why are you so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God, for yet I will praise him. There are moments that even David, the man after God's own heart, had to talk to his own soul. He had to say to his soul, to his emotions, his emotions, you don't determine whether or not I'm going to be obedient. Emotions? I know that you're strong, I know that you're speaking loudly in my ear, but you don't determine whether or not I'm going to be obedient in my praise. If the Bible says I'm supposed to praise Him, then you don't get to decide if that's a yes or a no. God is who He is, and you're not in charge of my soul. If God does not change, and He's worthy of praise. My day doesn't determine my praise, my God determines my praise. Pastor Shaler, my son, stepped into my office the other day to share with me something he was reading in his studies, and it's so true. I, I, I wrote it down because it, it made such impact, and it's this. Because we all know how strong our emotions can affect us and, and cloud our day, and, and you know we, can, we ride the roller coaster of emotions. It says this, emotions cannot be ignored, but neither can they be put in charge. Emotions cannot be ignored. It's ridiculous to try to pretend that they are not there. They cannot be ignored, but neither can they be put in charge. And there's an obvious lesson there, that when those days come, when something has just clouded over you and rolled over you and it seems to be in control of you, you know what you can say? I recognize that's there, but you know what? You're not going to be in charge, for yet will I praise him. Why so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. I was told recently of a pastor... In a southern church who was concerned about the fact that the church was just becoming dead, losing their their passion and their love for Jesus and certainly their love for praising him. And he was so concerned about it, so one week before the congregation had assembled for the church service, he somehow had placed a large boulder or a rock right in the center of the platform, and he spray-painted these words on it, If you don't, I will. How many know the scripture says before the rocks cry out? I'm going to praise him. Well, in my 37 years here at Bethesda, most of those years spent leading this congregation in worship, I always felt that one of the things that kept praise alive in this house was those rocks that we have on those walls. Now, if you raised a little boy here in this church, you probably had, he came home with a pocket full of rocks every Sunday. It's a miracle we have any rocks left on the wall. But it was a reminder to me and a reminder to all of us that before the rocks cry out, Before nature has to begin to make his praise, I'm not going to fail to praise the Lord. Can you say amen to that? We're going to praise him. You want to grow in God, church? You want to expand your spiritual life? Then find a way to praise him when it's not easy. Find a way to praise him when it feels almost counterintuitive to you. Determine you're going to lift up your voice when everything within you wants to shut down and give one-word answers. When your emotions are crying, ouch, And you're struggling just to get your head up. Yes, on the day you received bad news. On the day you were so terribly disappointed in one of your children. On the same day the doctor turned his face away and said, this isn't good news, sir, ma'am. You can still say, but Lord, I know what the Bible says, that I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. And I'm, gonna hear, I'm here to tell you this and to remind you of this. Anytime you are, are obedient to God, that's when you see significant spiritual growth. When you choose to not be obedient to the word of the Lord and you choose to justify it in your own mind and come up with your own reasoning why your case is special and your situation is different, you will not see growth. But when you begin to absolutely do what you know the word of the Lord says and you walk in obedience, that's when you see spiritual growth. Hallelujah. You want to grow in God? Then obey him and obey him fully. And Let us not forget that praiselessness or the lack of praise Was the mark of what Paul referenced in the first chapter of Romans verses 20 and 21, when he spoke of those who became heathen or pagan, or those who refused to give God praise, says this in Romans 1:21. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God, or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. Church, remember this. It is so critical that we are always a people of praise, not based on your emotions, not based upon how you feel about it, because it is in obedience to the word of the Lord. It's not dependent upon who's standing next to you. In church, no matter how many people around you are praising God or not, no matter how many, how many beside you are giving him glory, I want to remind you this, they cannot be obedient for you. You have to praise God for yourself. It's not based on what you're going through. Listen, if you're up to your neck in bills, you can still praise him. If you're up to your neck in problems with your marriage, you can find a way to exalt the Lord Jesus. If you're up to your neck with problems with your children, you can praise him. If you're up to your neck with problems of the junk that's happening on your job, in your home, or whatever, you can still praise him. Remember the teapot. When it's up to its neck in hot water, it sings. And that's why no matter what you're up to your neck in, no matter how fiery the circumstances are that you are facing, something inside of you is going to bubble up and say, but I praise God anyway. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm gonna close with this final thought. This is my first closing. Praise is a weapon. That's why the enemy tries to get you to just sit there and do nothing in a worship service, or sit there and do nothing when you know you should be giving him praise. It's a weapon. When you remember that praise is vocalizing compliments to God and thanking Him for what He has done and for who He is. Why is that important? Well, let me just give you a couple of examples. Some of you have heard of the young boy, I think he's 9 or 10 years old, maybe through social media or the news or whatever, who was abducted by a kidnapper near his home. I think it was in Atlanta. I could be wrong about that. And though he did not speak a word to his captor, this young boy did nothing but sing the same song of praise, not for an hour, not for two hours, but for three hours nonstop this kid sang. And what's interesting about that is we struggle to give praise for three minutes at sometimes, don't we? He, he did not stop the entire time. He didn't shut his mouth from singing praise. Show the video. I want him to see it. <laughs> And you say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, because I'm armed with the weapon of praise. Praise is a weapon. It's praise to the God who can protect me. Praise is a weapon. I got one more example for you. I was listening to an evangelist friend of mine recently who was saying how cautious he is in his travels, since he often travels alone. He was preaching in this one church. Arthur, if you and Brent want to come. This evangelist was preaching in one church in a certain city. The service was concluded, but there was this woman kind of hanging around, wanting to talk with him. And he'd been greeting several folks and saw her standing there, and he noticed that he happened to notice all the other pastors had left the room, had left the sanctuary, and he appeared to be alone with this lady. Even though he looked around to see if there might be some help from one of the pastors. Nobody was there. She stepped up and began thanking him lavishly for his ministry. Oh, I needed to hear that. And that was the most wonderful message that I've ever heard. You have no idea how that ministered to me. Can I just tell you something, folks? Be very cautious with people who are over you. They typically want something. So my friend said, the more this lady talked to him... The closer she got to him, and so he kept backing up, and he would back up, and she would approach more. Oh, it's just, I can't tell you how much that meant. I've been going through such difficult, and he'd back up, and she'd come closer. And He'd back up, and she'd come closer, and finally, he realized this is getting uncomfortable. I, I'm not comfortable with hey, this. Is the way this is happening at all? There's nobody around until it finally dawned on him what to say. He said, "Have I told you about my wife, Suzanne?" She is stunningly beautiful. She is an amazing woman. Oh, she is so smart. I'm sorry she wasn't able to be with me. You would really love my wife, Suzanne. She's physically fit. and She could take you in a heartbeat. (laughs) And he noticed that the more he talked about his wife and bragging about his wife and giving vocalized compliments about his wife, the more the lady just began backing up. And going the other way until he just Suzanne her right out the door. And it dawned on me in all of this. And my friend said, this is what happens with spiritual warfare. Listen to me. When you start feeling the depression and the oppression of the enemy on your soul. And your day's gotten all dark and cloudy and he's trying to tell you all kind of stuff trying to overtake you, and he's getting in your personal space and getting closer and closer, and you start backing up, and he's getting closer, and he tells you something else louder and louder and louder. You know, why why do you think it's bad when you don't want to praise him because that's the very moment you should be talking to him? Here's what I want to tell you the next time that happens. Why don't we just remind the devil, Have I told you about my Jesus? Have I told you how he saved me? Have I told you how he's been my healer time and time and time again? Have I told you how he's redeemed me? Have I told you how he provides for me? Have I told you how he's helped my family time and time and time? And let's just Jesus him right out the door. Stand with me to your feet today. One pastor said it this way. The purpose of praise is that God would be glorified the saints would be fortified and the devil would be horrified. Come on, let's just lift our hands and say, love you, Jesus. Come on, vocalize compliments to the Lord. You are worthy of praise. Let everything within me speak praise to the name of Jesus. You have to vocalize it, church. It has to come out of your mouth. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We exalt you today for who you are and for what you've done. There's no one like our God. Our God is great and He's greatly to be praised.